Welcome to the latest episode of The Chris White Show, a podcast dedicated to helping small to medium-sized business owners and anyone looking to make the entrepreneurial leap. A little about me, your host, Chris White. I'm an entrepreneur based in Brooklyn, New York. I currently own two companies, a boutique digital agency called Sneakers and a staffing and recruiting firm, Rad Hires. Our featured guest this week is a friend that I'm so grateful to have recently reconnected with. Ryan Solak is a lifelong creative, curious, purpose-driven doer and president of the Ryan James Agency, a full-service creative digital marketing agency. Ryan's experience includes over 25 plus years of creative marketing experience with 10 years at various agencies in the NYC area, along with over 15 years running his own shop, the Ryan James Agency. Ryan and RGA, RJA sorry, have a focus on creating, creating passionate relationships between companies and their audiences while staying nimble with small shop agility and up-to-the-minute marketing relevance. Ryan's philosophy is creative first because he believes without great creative, you will not achieve great results no matter what the medium. Ryan's sleeves are permanently rolled up, keeping himself connected, inspired, and constantly learning new things, all the while growing personally and professionally. You can learn more about Ryan and RJA at ryanjamesagency.com, spelled like it sounds, and on social, Ryan James Agency, and Ryan at ryanjamesagency.com. And uh, he's based in central New Jersey, Princeton area. Uh, I really miss Princeton, brother. How, how are you, man? How are things going out in Jersey? Uh, it's great, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me on. Great to reconnect this past year. Uh, we have a history of music and skateboarding that goes further uh, <laughs> than some may know. So uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. But uh, it's going great. Princeton, Jersey, tri-state area. You know, we're in the middle of New York and Philly, so there's uh, there's no... There's no lack of, of, of uh, work or clients and opportunities. So we're having a good time in here. That's cool, man. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or I started noticing as I was like certain people on LinkedIn or certain things I was like looking at or doing. I was like, oh, that person's kind of down in the Princeton, Central Jersey area now. And oh, that person's kind of there. You know, there's sort of there's kind of a hub of, you know, some like, you know, digital marketing agencies and studios down in that area, like, like more than I realized, you know, uh, I didn't really know this world till I, I came up to New York mm -hmm. and, you know, obviously there's like the mega agencies and small to medium sized agencies here. But as I started to know this world, I was like, oh man, there, there's really some interesting stuff going on in Jersey, Philly too, some cool creative and, and marketing yeah, shops in yeah. Philly. Um, but I wanted to jump in. Uh, I really like starting out with uh, this sort of first question. Uh, what's your favorite success quote? And, you know, why is it why is it your favorite, you know, and how are you applying it uh, to your everyday life as a business owner? Yeah, I don't know if it's a success quote. It's more of a, a, a mantra quote to do what you say you're going to do. Um, <laughs> Love it. Love definitely it. definitely uh, various, uh, various people have said that, but most notably is uh, Jimmy Dean. Um, yeah, the uh, guy that uh, <laughs> sausage, but he was also an actor back in the day. Um, he was a what? He was also an actor back in the 60s oh. and 70s. Oh, okay, okay, sausage king. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's something that I, you know, I try to live by uh, with, with, with work and family life and even personal with you know, gym or whatever I'm into at the moment. Um, yeah, you know, uh, with hobby wise, but definitely with work, you know, we've we've swiped a lot of clients and we've won a lot of clients uh just by doing what we say we are going to do in our in our pitches and in my conversations and i uh, mm -hmm. really really have been surprised about 
in talking with new prospects and, you know, um, some peers that they're always running into issues where people are not doing what they said they were going to do. So I think that's something we can lean on. And I've always mm-hmm. done that in my entire life. It's not kind of a, uh, a new thing for me. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think that's something that has really driven me and, you know, uh, driven me in the business and in my personal life. So yeah, do what you say you're going to do. That's period. great, man. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've seen some businesses sometimes I'm like, how are you still in business? Like, it's just, sometimes it's just, I, I don't know if it's just some of the, some businesses have just, maybe they're just so good at getting leads that they can just, you know, churn clients at will, you know, I, you know, but, um, yeah, that's it. I, I'm, that's that's going to come up in, in our, in our conversation, I think, as we move forward about, you know, services and how you need mm-hmm. to be, uh, working these days. You know, I think there's a yeah. lot of churn from other agencies uh, and other businesses because they're just not doing what they say they're going to do, but they also don't have um, services that, you know, these clients need these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Lots, a lot's been changing with, with mark digital marketing. Absolutely. Uh, what's uh like, what's, you know, a big failure for you that, you know, that you've had you know, personally in your business career, you know, what led up to that situation? You know, what actions did you take because of it? And, you know, how did you, you know, sort of rise above that? How did that make you a better business person today? Would you say? Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's so many failures, you know, and I think successful business is built on failures, you know, all, all the cliches of like, you're not failing, you're learning. I do truly believe mm-hmm. that, but there has been a few missteps personally that I take full full accountability for. And it's that's expecting close friends and friendships to translate into proper business relationships and partnerships. Mm. And I think that's mm. where I had failed myself and my friend and my business of uh, being probably too lackadaisical um, about that whole situation and understanding or not understanding that not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur or even a business partner or even in client service. So some of the mm-hmm. failures and one of the big ones was was a was a failed partnership and uh, and a failed friendship because of it. So I feel like that is really you know the top of the heap, and that's something I try to never forget moving forward about you know um, how that went down and how I had to pick myself and my business back up and pretty much rebuild and actually learn some of the services that that said partner was doing in terms of you know some of the technical things I had to take on being mm-hmm. a great person doing some of the coding and the tech and, you know, being, being more in front of the clients, more client service. So, uh, learning how to deal with the more weight on my shoulders and, you know, moving forward to to keep growing. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel, yeah. It's why I was talking to another guy on an episode about that, you know, sort of model, you know, or it, it seems like it works well sometimes where somebody's on the business development side, because lead generation, right? I mean, that's a lot of work. I mean, that is a full-time job in and of itself, just getting new clients all the time. And then, you know, being able to deliver the work is also a full-time job, you know? So when you're just starting out, it it is a lot of work. Uh, And I always feel like that's the dream to have sort of that split initially where one person can handle all the new business Mm -hmm. and one person can handle the delivery. Um, was it a situation where like that person wasn't really, they weren't really maybe as cut out for like the life of an entrepreneur as you thought they were, 
like like sort of where was the disconnect would you say yeah i think there was a disconnect in the communication of of what what we were both expecting and what we had both wanted to get out of the partnership first and foremost mm. um i think the person was capable of being probably a pretty solid entrepreneur um but i you know put a lot of the weight on me about not not expressing what i expected out of our relationship and just kind of rolling into it as friends and this is going to be great and we're going to be going to have this big agency without laying anything right. down you know we're just right, kind of right, like right. by the seat of our pants 18 years ago now you know 17 years ago and you know we're young yep. and you know we both leave agencies and let's do it man let's go bro and uh it was it was tough you know we lasted two or three years together and when things got okay. real with the agency and we were growing then that's when things got real between us so oh okay you know i'll take a lot of blame of like you know not not uh expressing what I would expect and, um, and just mm -hmm. kind of rolling along and letting things happen without, you know, really stepping in and trying to make it work. So yeah, yeah. That, that was a big mistake. You know, that was a failure on my part. That's why I see it as a failure. Um, because I think some things could have been done on both sides that could have probably, uh, solved the issues or, or, or not, mm -hmm. but it was just kind of, mm -hmm. a thing. we were rolling along and, you know, the train was moving and it wasn't going to stop. So. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> it was a situation, you know, not something I expected or had wanted to be in, but you know, that's the way it goes. I think every entrepreneur has those stories. Like, you know, didn't expect that. Here we are. Yeah, man. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> what, um, has there been a moment in your business where things started to click for you? Um, I call it one of these Eureka moments. Uh, it, you know, could have been while you had a, you know, a, a partner or after, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be tied to that per se. Uh, you know, was there just something that you felt dialed in your services and the types of clients you were targeting, you know, and, and you were like, I'm just going to go all in on this as hard as I can. Yeah, most definitely. I think there was a time where, you know, I was doing a lot of the creative work and a lot of the client service when we had the partnership going and I wasn't doing the tech as I was mentioning in terms of the rollout of web and HTML and things like that on the tech side app, you know, some app development. But I always had an inkling, you know, uh, that businesses, small to medium, even large, they need fully integrated services, you know, and I think that the way the way we were and are still um, putting ourselves into the world. We are a creative first agency that has to be experts in whatever the end medium is. And right now it's, it's a bunch of digital marketing. It's, it's, you know, whatever we're going to roll out, you know, we have to be experts in that. Now it's going to be AI work. So I feel like, you know, uh, my big aha moment was fully understanding that these prospective clients, when we go in, they don't just want, you know, uh, creative consultation and you walk out and they don't just want immediate consultation and you walk out and maybe do the media work. They want it. Here's, here's our strategy concepts, creative, and here's where we're going to roll out. Here's how we're going to do it. It's all in house and we'll get the videos done. We'll get the digital marketing done. We, uh, you know, we have, uh, AdWords experts that are, you know, really going to work on your targeting. We have Facebook ad experts really going to work on your targeting and we can do it all here. Uh, so that's really won us a lot of business. And, you know, I've, mm. I've seen a lot of clients come to me where like, well, you, you know, we have, um, you work with this digital marketing firm and, you know, we're spending all this money on Google and Facebook, but we haven't seen an ad. We don't know what they look like. They say they're, they're running wow. ads. <laughs> yeah. well, that's, the that's forming an ad out somewhere and getting creative back. That might be mediocre. They're not showing uh -huh. clients because they don't push creative as their services. 
and they'll spend uh -huh. all this money on clicks with no returns. You know, there's no conversion wow. on the end. Wow. So that, that's kind of where I came from. You know, I was on the creative side of my previous agency life. So I, I always had that inkling that I wanted to be fully integrated with services. And, you know, that kind of got a little wonky when I spoke with my business partner, but I had to regroup and figure out how I can handle both. Um, not, 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 not full on all the work, but how can I pitch both services, um, as me and then, you know, have that rolled out behind me. When you, and so when you say fully integrated, can you help, help my listeners understand what that means? I mean, I've been, a, I'm not from the ad agency world. I'm more from the digital product agency side of things. Mm -hmm. So I always have had a general understanding of what like fully integrated means yeah. but i also feel like it's one of these industry terms you know within the world of marketing yeah what what does that really mean to you like like when you say to a client like we are we have a fully integrated service what does that what does that mean like yeah, I would when the say rubber that, meets the road that, uh you know the clients got to understand that whatever they need to have done we're going to get done so for any, uh, like for any medium, like any, any market and say, you know, you're a medium sized business, uh, you know, your honeymoon phase is over and you want to start working with an agency and you don't know where to start and say, well, do I need to get someone to do my print TV and radio? Do I need someone to do just my, you know, I want to name a new part of my business, something different. I want to get it branded. And then how do mm. I going to pull that out to show it to the masses through Google, Facebook and you okay. know, YouTube ads. So. Anything that you might need to do in terms of a marketing plan, marketing strategy, we're going to start from the top level strategy, do mm. all the creative work, which is your physical ads, how are things going to look, sound and feel. We're going to work on the strategies for your media placements. Who are these ads going to be in front of um, in layman's terms? And we're going to roll that out with a budget. So your core customer is going to see the ad that we create for your business. So it's really, it's sort of really looking at it like holistically, almost as like go to, go to market, you know, depending on your type of, I mean, you might actually billboards might be good for your company or, you know, but whatever you're crafting a strategy for their business, that's going to work for their business. That's modeled for their business. Does, that, does that make Absolutely. sense? Okay. And, and if, if it's something that we can't do in house, we have partners um, that can get things done and we still handle it. So our clients mm -hmm. know that we're outsourcing. Yeah. Gotcha. So, okay. But at least it's all going through you as like the hub, the, the strategy side, you're defining everything's synced up. Everything's getting rolled out the way it needs to get rolled out. Yeah. And I, you know, I guess that goes back to the Eureka moment of like, I understood that these clients needed more of a partnership than an agency, you know, they I need see. to feel like someone's like, with them, they're on the side, almost like we're, you know, an onboard. You're almost like part of their company. You're, on, you're yeah, almost like yeah. Their... That's where that whole fully integrated thing comes from. I think for me, it's more of a partnership. And I, you know, I use that term a lot when I talk to my clients. It's all over my website. You know, our clients are partners, and we are partners with our clients. Um, not mm -hmm. like we're in business together, but we really are. You know, we want to make them money, makes them happy, and you know, we get to do the work we want to do. So mm -hmm. you know, it is a partnership. That makes sense. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Um, before we jump into some other areas of like digital marketing, uh, what do you do consistently, you know, daily that you feel sets you apart, that makes you successful, that's been, you know, attributable to your longevity as an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and I've been thinking about this. I think it's, it's, it's the ability to not make excuses. I think that's something that, um, hmm. goes back to do what you say you're going to Love do. That. It's kind of the extension of that, you know, okay, well, if I made a misstep, I'm going to say that was my fault. I made that decision. Here's how we're going to fix it. Or here's how we're going to talk about fixing it. And I think, you know, that mm -hmm. has saved 
you know, hours of heartache for from a new business perspective, hours of heartache from maybe losing a client, maybe not, and just really holding ourselves accountable. You know, I think that's something a lot of people are throwing blame around. Uh, oh no, it's just this audience. It's the time of year. It's no, it's 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 what you chose to do, and mm -hmm. if it didn't work, we need to figure out how we can make it work. You know, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe you can't, but I think that's part of the conversation that a lot of people aren't having in the business world. You know, everyone wants to throw blame around and not, 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 uh, not really take accountability for their work. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it's, you know, when it's winning, uh, you know, Webby awards and it's winning Clio awards, of course, I <laughs> say, yeah, that was us. We did that. <laughs> aren't working. Hey, uh, maybe, you know, you know, maybe your accounting executive, uh, you know, wanted to target someone else. Well, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. you should have said no, if you're the expert. So I think that, you know, certainly accountability, you know, yeah. so yeah. That's great. That's great, man. Um, and, and going and so going back to like, let's dig into digital marketing a little bit because there's another one of these words that, again, when I when I first came to New York and started seeing, you know, working with some agencies and stuff, I would, you know, hear this word creative, you know, thrown around. Um, and I was like, what what is this thing creative that they're always, you know, it's such a, a interesting way to use the word, right? Yeah. Um, can you help our listeners like understand like within the digital world of digital marketing, what, what is creative and also why is it important for a small business, even like a small to medium sized business to really, really focus on their creative and, and their strategy around that? Yeah, that's another great question. You know, term creative, you know, you use it as a description of a person. I like to use it as kind of like a service or an actual thing you're doing. So in the digital mm -hmm. marketing world and even in the advertising world, back to the Mad Men days, you know, you got this, you know, this Don Draper standing there in front of a board, you, you know, he flips open the front and it's an ad for Marlboro cigarettes or something that that's, that's a piece of creative, if you will. So mm -hmm. I think that the term creative has many meanings in this world, but I think the way I see it and the way it's being used in digital marketing, it's, it's the actual piece of art that you're seeing before. Uh, it's being sent out to the masses in terms of being an ad. What's the creative for mm. the ad? What's the concept? Um, okay. You okay. Know, so when I watch a Super Bowl commercial, you know, and, and my family laughs, I say, oh, that's a great piece of creative. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like, I know. It's, uh, it's a great commercial. It's exactly, exactly. That's exactly my point. It's right. It's just like, like it's such an interesting expression. I don't know. It's just, you're the word create. Like nobody outside of the ad industry would use that word that way. You yeah. know, you know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, rightfully so. It makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I think that, you know, with that, it's, it's extremely important for, I think all sizes of business to have great creative. And that's, that's, that's where that term comes out for me and my business and where we really lean on our strengths being really strong in our strategies of, strategies and a creative work because you know mm -hmm. you said it in the intro if you don't have great creative you're not gonna have great results i don't care if you spend a million dollars on your ad uh mm. you throw it up on google social facebook youtube throw mm. it on primetime tv uh for sports uh you're not gonna see results and i've yeah. experienced that we've done some a b tests and you know i've been in the industry for 25 years i've done great ads and i've done terrible ads i'll be honest about that and you know mm -hmm. those results they prove just what I'm talking about. Bad yeah. result for bad creative, good results for great creative. So it's really important. You really have to get your message, your brand, your mission out there in a in a fun, creative way, especially now because there's so many 
so many impressions that we're all getting every day, whether it's mm-hmm. your friend's social media and, you know, I mean, my social media, maybe because I'm in advertising, but um, my Instagram is probably 90% brands versus, mm-hmm. you know, friends and family. And that's just what the algorithm yeah. picked up on. So I think that, you know, uh, I don't think I'm the only one seeing that, you know, I mean, I have so many new shirts and pairs of sneakers I bought from some Instagram brand that really don't fit well, but you know, I got the ad. It was a good piece of, good piece of creative, you know, so I click and buy it, you know? So that's it right there. I mean, that's the cycle. Um, I, uh, it's funny. I, I've been in New York about 13, going on 14 years and, you know, I mean, when you're driving around or, you, you know, you listen to the radio, you see billboard, you know, billboards and stuff like that when you're, you know, live in the burbs and when you come to New York, you're on the subway and there's subway yeah. ads, right? Like they're, they're in every subway car, like as you're holding onto the rail, you're looking at subway ads and man, you want a lesson on creative, like go read subway ads. Yeah. Like, I, I, I almost feel like, it should, I almost feel like it should be. <laughs> Like, and I, I don't even come from this industry, but I almost feel like it should be a required segment of school to go study subway ads and like write subway ads because you've got to be freaking good at creative. Yeah. I, but I've literally laughed out loud on the subway at like <laughs> some really good copy and like creative, like no joke. Like, like I, sometimes I've been like, that's really good. Like that person knows whoever that creative and that copywriter or that team, like they knew what they were doing. Like that is brilliant. You know, um, like sometimes when you just, when you just see it come together, you know, you're like, wow, that is magic, magical. Um, but yeah, man, I, I always think about that. I'm like, man, this should be like required for advertising school to come make subway ads. Yeah. Cause... you know, I feel like I was in the last class of school that was still studying that kind of thing. And, you know, I have a bunch of books that were like the old print ads and like, you know, things like that. And, even when I go to New York for business, I'm on the train on the Northeast Corridor in New Jersey. And this, 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 uh, those posters are, are awesome still, yeah. you know, and it's a yep. lost part, I think. And, you know, uh, not many people are looking at them because their heads are on their phones. But there's, there's a lot of good messages, a lot of good creative still out in the world. And I think billboards mm-hmm. are actually kind of pseudo making a comeback with, you know, being more oh, digital really? and, and, and doing right. some cool 3D things. But it's still about, like, you know, that funny message. And, you know, I think it kind of goes back to some of the Instagram and some of the digital is helping people be more creative out in the actual ad world with all these meme guys. Mm. Okay. Sinatra's and the guys that are funny with things. That's becoming, you know, kind of the norm of of, of, uh, how brands are starting to work with these influencers. So not really giving them a script anymore or giving them too much of a product. They're like, use your messaging in your your meme Mm -hmm. making to make our brand funny. People might, yep. might not know it's an ad. So I think that's kind of trickling into like, okay, well, this billboard's got to be kind of funny and quirky, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean. Oh, man. And then you see, and then like you see it, right? You know, there's certain things where you see like, oh my God, this subway ad is so busy. There's so many words. Like I can't yeah. read all that. And then when I go back home now and I'm driving around, I'll see a billboard with like five big words on it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's brilliant. And then I'll see some other billboard with like all like little font, like little words. I'm like, did Stop. anybody really did anybody really like look at this and say like people are driving in their cars at yeah. 60 miles an hour 
and they've got what like two seconds to consume what's on maybe. your billboard like exactly. maybe yeah like it's some of this stuff like like i'm like wow like who's even reviewing some of these things somebody's spending money on this stuff like there's no way i could consume all the information on this billboard. no and that's... I, I don't know I don't know if yeah. I'm crazy, but stuff like no, that. No. I mean, I see it too. And it's, you know, really it's painstaking for me. If I'm going to, you know, if I'm driving up the turnpike to New York and, you know, there's 55 billboards on the way there. And nine of them are, 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 are like what you're saying. Small type, some big picture, a small type, small logo. No idea. What yeah. Wasted 30,000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. It's, yeah, wild. it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, on the importance of good creative really goes a long way yep. in every medium yeah yeah man no it's it's true what um you know i've been talking I, i'm not i'm not like an ai nut you know but i'm a technology guy and yeah. i use a lot of different tools and i am not a creative uh, i'm an engineer i i cannot make cool looking stuff to save my life so i've you know i rely on some tools like canva and stuff like that once in a while and you know i recently saw canva launch this thing called magic studio and so you know where is that going for you and your industry and creatives you know like what does it mean for for you and the industry when you see companies like canva yeah. launching tools that probably actually would be pretty helpful to somebody like me where like sometimes i don't even know where to start you know yeah, you know, I think that's uh, – first, it's hard for me to believe that you don't think you're creative because growing up in high school and with the music and skating and art, you know, if someone was going to ask me who was probably, you know, one of the most influential creative people in your in your high school, I would certainly say Chris White. Oh, um, man. I appreciate that. And your that. brother, you know, being a, <laughs> yeah. an amazing drummer. So, yeah. so I think you are creative. So I think you should give yourself <laughs> AI, I think it's, uh, it's going to be uh, a great – a great future. I, you know, I think there's a lot of people that feel like they're uh, on edge, uh, a little nervous mm -hmm. about, you know, the job thing. I think it's going to create jobs. Um, I think it's going cool. to push, push creative boundaries. It's going to push uh, technical boundaries. Um, mm. I believe that, you know, you, you're not just going to plug and play and use what AI gives you. I think if you're a good business person, a strong entrepreneur, a smart person, a strong creative, you're going to use that as kind of like uh, the base of the cake, right? So, okay. um, and then you're going to sprinkle your own brand, brand client work on top. You're going to sprinkle your own voice um, in that copy. You're going to put your own signature style of art on that piece of art that it spits out for you. So I think it's mm -hmm. going to enhance, it's going to um, expand our, our, our human ideas. It's going to expand our human reach. Uh, which is going to expand into the marketing world, which I think it's uh, great. Really, I use it. You know, I use ChatGPT a lot. Um, you know, for a lot of writing, and you know, okay. so our team, I haven't let anybody go because of it. They just use it, and yep. we don't use it verbatim. You know, number one, because it's probably stealing a lot of content. Number two, because we want to do better work than you know what this AI bot is spitting out. You know, yeah. so we use it as like you know the base of the cake. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think, think that's what's really going to, yeah, you know, what's really going to, for my industry, I think it's, I don't know how to say this, but I think AI is going to help us target people with more personalized ads better when we can figure out how to use this in our mm -hmm. ad targeting mm -hmm. and our audience segmentation. Yeah. You know, I, I, think, I think it's got a bit of a power to be, I never thought of it this way, but the things you're saying are inspiring me. Uh, 
I don't know if equalizer is the right word. You know, mm. I think, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you have a small to medium sized business, right. To do marketing. I, I mean, it, we're going to get into this in a second, right. But it takes money to do marketing. It takes money to do good marketing. And, you know, the advantage that the big companies have is they've got a lot of money to spend on a lot of marketing and pay a lot of good creatives and a lot of, you know, great people to do amazing marketing. So I feel as though it's going to, I don't, it won't, you know, it's not going to be like a full equalizer, but I think it is going to be something that's going to up the game for people who have a small to medium sized business and be, help them elevate the types of marketing that they can do. Does that make sense? You know, absolutely. I, you know, I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, I see it with some of my clients have, you know, been fooling around with it, you know, doesn't mm -hmm. make me nervous. I, you know, I encourage them to like, yeah, go fool around with it. See what you come up with. You want to write a blog post and need some help, you know, start with ChatGPT and uh, I don't cool. think anyone's diving in as much as we are with like things, you know, that are tied to Canva and some of the more video processing and some of the um, web builders mm. that are starting to pop out, um, yep. which I keep meaning to sign up for one of those so I can see how these things build websites on the fly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's where it gets a little crazy. Um, I saw it a couple years ago, my, my wife needed a website for something and I was poking around and I went on Wix and I'd never even used Wix and I was Wix. like, Oh, what's, what's Wix. And then, uh, it basically put me through a chat bot. It asked me some questions and then it spit out a website. Yeah. I, th this was a couple years ago, actually. Like I feel, I feel like they were actually a little bit ahead of their time. And I said, Whoa, that was pretty trippy. You know, yeah. like it, literally I was like talking to this sort of bot. And then it picked the template, like put the features in. I said, whoa, that was pretty wild, you know? Yeah, that's, um, uh, that's, that's some hardcore AI right there when it's writing code like that and, and it's on yeah. the fly. So, I mean, you know, the sky's the limit, obviously, with this stuff. And I think we're at the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's an enhancement. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a detriment. A replacement. Yeah. Yeah. I don't that's think great, it's man. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I've always said, like, you've got to embrace change. You, you've got to you know, could, uh, I, I'm, I'm an engineer slash computer scientist, right? So mm -hmm. I always tell people, you're never going to stop engineers and computer scientists from wanting to make cool stuff or make stuff yeah. that's more efficient, makes, make it easier to do stuff. I, I tell them, look, engineers and computer scientists are lazy. They <laughs> actually write code to do stuff so they don't have to do it again. Like, you know, like, so think about that. Like, yeah. As a basic premise, remind yourself, like good computer scientists and engineers, they're actually lazy. Like they don't want to do it manually. That's why they took all this time to find a way to get a computer to do it. And they're yeah. never going to stop doing that. So you either embrace this and run with it or you or you just kind of throw in the towel and give up or, or you maybe find an industry where it's not going to apply, you know, like being a plumber, like, you know, probably be a while before we have robot plumbers, Yeah, you know. But otherwise, like you got to get on the train, you know, because it left the station. No, you know? I agree. I mean, yeah. You could fight all you want, and you could say uh, it was darn kids. But yeah, no, right. Gotta, right. You know, it's here. It's here. Yeah, embrace it absolutely. Uh, I wanted to end on what I feel is an important topic, which is around money, budgeting, and digital marketing. Uh, you work with some big brands, and so <clears throat> what? What are some general rules of the road that you could help our listeners understand, you know, for somebody who doesn't even have a business, but they, they, 
maybe it's the kind of business where they know they're probably going to need to do like spend money to advertise when they go to market or they're at a pivotal moment where they feel things are working and they want to spend more on advertising and to get more customers. How much like how much of a company's revenue percentage wise is a good benchmark, you know, in terms of what they should spend on their revenue? So, you know, let me put that a little more clearly. If my business brings in a million dollars in revenue, not profit, revenue a year, right? How much of that should I be spending like per month on, you know, marketing? Like just like if I was going to hire a company like yours, right, fully integrated, how much of that should I say, okay, I need to devote this much per month for my fully integrated digital marketing agency? And and I guess that would include money to run like advertisements as well. Yeah. Like, how do you help people understand that? Yeah, that's, see, that's a great question. And that's a question that I'm asked pretty much at the pitch level, even before uh, I think we're being considered to be hired. You know, I think it's something on everyone's mind. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's very variable right now, but I would say, you know, you're going to have a million dollars in revenue. You need to be spending over $10,000 a month in marketing. Um, okay. I, would, I would say that's media dollars. You know, that's your media dollars. So you're looking at, you know, a little over 1% on media dollars, you know? Okay. Um, so I think that's where, you know, that's the age old one, one to 2% of your revenue, but you know, the way that media but all in, but that's just on the media. That's just on, on media. Yeah. And you know, okay. I don't have a, a model where I take a percentage of the media dollars for my fee. I have a separate fee, um, okay. based on, based on the scope of work. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think many people are doing the media dollar, uh, or based on mm -hmm. it's really hard to track and when you know spending money on influencers and things like that it's not you're buying you know, you're not buying a hundred thousand dollars in new york times ads anymore so right. it really depends on you know what you are prospecting where you want to be what you want to make exactly so where you want to be and then building the budgets off of that we back into our numbers based on what X client might want to be making where they see this product going, what they think they're mm -hmm. going to make. Uh, and and it, 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 it's not just out of thin air. You know, we have all the numbers with our clients. We work with them on trying to understand, you know, what's the cost, you know, what's their break even, what's their profit. Okay. How many do you think you're going to sell this year? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, how many leads are you going to get? What's that cost per lead? So we back all those numbers into the budget. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty complicated process, but you know, I, I would say of the revenue that you want to make, we are making, I would look at two to 5%. Okay. That's like baseline or that like you should at least. That's probably okay. baseline. That, that, that's where I would start. And that's all in with your media and my fee, you know, for the agency mm -hmm. fee. Um, yeah. I have some people that spend 10 to 15, you know, but okay. I think that's, they're more aggressive. They're, they're way larger. Um, mm -hmm. but if you're a startup or you're, 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 you're a small business that had never worked with an agency before and you know, your honeymoon phase of word of mouth is over and it's time to, uh, really hit the ground running, you, you'd want to look at probably two to 5% of what you've made the past two to three years into, mm -hmm. into your marketing plan. That's great. That's brilliant, man. Well, yeah. Ryan, I, I've had a, a blast. Uh, it's such a pleasure to reconnect, man. Uh, you're schooling me on uh, digital marketing. I, I know our listeners are going to learn a lot. 
again, uh, you can feel free to reach out to Ryan at uh, ryanjamesagency.com. And uh, I'm hoping to reconnect with you soon, brother. If you're ever coming up to New York, uh, let me know. Uh, I'm hoping to come down to NJ uh, again before the end of the year. Uh, so we'll have to reconnect. All right. Yep. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, man. My pleasure, man. Thank you. Okay.